Blog Talk Radio. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. Incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information. Incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to apply correct information incorrectly. We're having technical difficulties. Um, we had technical difficulties with the show. So if you were, you know, like, what's going on? It's time and it's not working. Or saying that the show ain't scheduled yet. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was technical difficulties. I couldn't even get into the switchboard and then I apologize. We're going to keep it moving, you know. I'm glad y'all can make it. Definitely glad y'all can make it. You know, all praise is due um, to the creator and the ancestors. Thanks as well as honors. Big, big up to Big Brother Yusuf L, you know, High Frequency Radio creator. HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com. Make sure to check out Welcome to the Foundation.com. I'm not going to go through all this again. Um, due to the technical difficulties, you know, I'm actually pretty much through with current events. I got a couple more. We're just going to get into the show, up, which is, you know, we're just going to get into some of the basics, you know, uh, some of the trust basics that you need to know. And going private. So, what else I got? I got a little bit Let's talk about. Let's talk about this, man. Because I mean, this is this is this is significant. I think you know, um, dozens of celebrities fall for Instagram hoax. Y'all, y'all check this out. CNBC. I saw this and I saw people posting this, and I was like, man, what are y'all doing, man? Um, but, but here, Instagram has been hit by a hoax that falsely claims <coughs> excuse me, the social media site is making major changes to its term of service. The widely circulated fake post warns Instagram is changing its privacy policy and will make public all users' photos, including deleted messages. It also claims that the site can use users' photos against them in court. <laughs> It says users have to repost the image in order to prevent Instagram from taking action. The hoax went viral earlier this week. What is going on? 
this can't be right. Is this right? Technical difficulties. If y'all are still with me, it's telling me that the episode ended. I didn't hear anything, and if I can hear this music, then the episode didn't end. Boom. Oak's post went viral earlier this week with Energy Secretary Rick Perry sharing the post on his Instagram and Twitter accounts. He later deleted the Instagram post after acknowledging in the comments that the image was fake. Fake post continues to be shared by numerous, blah, 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 some numerous celebrities. Blah, blah, blah. Check this out, man. This stuff, this stuff reminds me of this whole, you know, I'm going to tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of this whole page, this Patriot movement. I'm just going to keep it real. It reminds me of the Patriot movement. So, you know, going private and stuff. Um, look, I don't see how posting this stuff on their platform, like the Instagram platform, talking about your rights or whatever, has anything to do with anything legal, man. When you sign up for the account, you agree to terms and service. Terms of service. And after signing up for the account, agreeing to the terms of service, how are you gonna just by posting something on within the ecosystem that they created, posting something within that ecosystem, how does that give you any I don't it's like people, you know, oh, I'm not from this and that, and they continue to use the Social Security number in the Federal Reserve notes. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And, you know, I'm watching this stuff, and people are reposting. I'm seeing all in my timeline. I'm like, fam. It just seems... It, don't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I wanted to talk about some basics with regards to, you know, some trust basics. Uh... Now, I don't want to get um, super deep, you know, this episode. I want to, I want to stay basic. And, and staying basic, I'm kind of going to go, I mean, I got some notes and stuff, but I'm kind of going to go off the top of the head. But then I want to read from this, this um, wise, concise, trusty handbook just to get, you know, to get some basics off, you know. Um, but basic, basics. Now, you got to do your, your due diligence. I'm not giving legal advice. I am not an attorney. I do not have any public capacity. And I do not, you know, I can't tell you, you know, hey, this is educational and informational only. And once again, I apologize for technical difficulties. Trust basics. Let's do some trust basics, all right? Because, you know, I think like a lot of people like to get, you know, uh, phantasmagoria with the, you know, with the vocabulary, trying to sound all smart and stuff. I ain't trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. I really would like to be informative. I don't care what I look like. It's not, it's not my business what you think about me. If it was, I'd be able to read your mind. I can't read your mind, so I don't care. It's my business. You know, think what you want. But real, realistically, I would like, and I'm willing right now to bring some clarity, so like some basic stuff, you know, some trust basics, right? So first and foremost, there are two um, okay. There are, okay. The Internal Revenue Service, let's start with this. The Internal Revenue Service recognizes three different types of trusts. One being simple, the other being a grantor, 
and the other one being complex. These are the main three types of trusts that are recognized within, you know, the United States commercial system, you know, you know where Federal Reserve notes are used for, you know, the discharge of debts. I mean, that's what it is. It's a note. It's a promise to pay. So it's the government promise to, promising to pay. So and you say you don't pay anything. You just discharge the obligation to pay to a later date and put it on a different party, which is, I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, in, uh, complex, grantor, and simple. These are the different types of trust. These are the three types of trust the IRS recognizes. But we understand that there are two main types of trusts. Basic. Two main types of trusts. Those are trusts that owe their existence to some sort of legislative act or uh, regulation or policy, something, you know, permissible, uh, given permission by the government and is regulated and governed by legislation or the creator, you know, the governor. I don't know. I just, this is the way I look at it. Y'all do your own research. There's going to be, you're going to read stuff and it's going to be a lot of blah, 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 but they're basically telling you what I'm about to say right now and what I'm saying right now. So legislation being state legislation and state legislation being one jurisdiction that is commercial, but there's also a federal jurisdiction that blankets over the state jurisdiction. So it's like a federal thing. And that's how people get in trouble when they'll do their LLC at the state, but they don't pro- properly classify with the Internal Revenue Service. So they go at the end of the year and they file an 1120 for corporations, and the IRS hits them back like, uh, we don't have anything on file with regards to this being a corporation. From our records indicate that that is a sole proprietorship, and you got you know, you to claim that on Schedule C on your 1040 or something like that. And people would come to me and they're like, yo, what happened? I don't know. I'm in my bad. Like, well, you know, you're doing with, dealing with dual jurisdictions. So the first jurisdiction is a commercial state jurisdiction. We follow it. All right? And that is a legislative legislation. Governed by legislation. One branch of, you know, the three branches of government. Now, this is any trust that you're going to get, you know, some template offline. Most information that you're reading with regards to trust is in regards to legislative trusts that are governed by legislation. Legislation can be changed at any time. They just have to call, you know, uh, put in a proposal, you know, and as long as it passes, put in a bill or, you know, an act, and as long as it passes the House and the Senate and the governor signs off on it, it becomes part of law, quote, law, but really it's legislative policy, right? And that stuff can be changed at any time, in any session or whatever. This is... um, like I said, predominantly the information that you're, you're, that you're reading, that you're learning um, with regards to trust is legislative trust, which are very restrictive, very, very restrictive, very restrictive. The second type of trust is a trust known as a contract trust or more commonly known as an express trust under the common law. All right, you probably heard that before. And, you know, I know, you know, maybe you don't know exactly what that means. I know for a second I didn't really understand exactly what that meant. I just knew it was, you know, it was something cool. It was something powerful. But an express trust under the common law, what does that mean? We, 
those of us here in the United States, so you know, in America, or however you look at it, we the people, we have the right to contract unlimited. This right to contract unlimited, contract our labor, our property, whatever, it doesn't matter, unlimited, unlimited, no limit. This right to contract unlimited is what is known as a common law right. And the common law was the system of jurisprudence and different types of rulings brought to this country by the forefathers of the United States. And with that common law came common law rights. One of the main common law rights is the right to contract unlimited. The government cannot um, impair one citizen's um, limits or unlimited right to contract. Now, the express trust under the common law, express trust, what is an express trust? What does that mean? Uh, An express trust means that the trust is expressed. There's a couple different types of trust. Specifically, let's talk about a constructive trust. And I think y'all should look up the definition of a constructive trust. And (laughs) it's it's wild. And if you look into a black dictionary, you know, what a constructive trust is. Um, Because these types of trusts can exist without them being declared. And obviously, they're according to legislation, and they have legislative intent, ultimately, which is to facilitate commerce when it really boils down to it, when when you're dealing with ignorant or people, ignorant people. And obviously, ignorance can be cured. Stupidity cannot, right? Or remedied. Ignorance can be remedied through, through, through study. But anyways, an express trust is one that is expressed either verbally or on paper in writing. Plain and simple. It doesn't mean anything else. It's not a constructive trust. I would think that would be probably, you know, uh, an antonym to express trust, prior constructive trust, where this trust is expressed in words, verbally or on paper, and the terms of the contract are spelled out unequivocally within the document itself. This is what an express trust is. Under the common law, we all as citizens have the common law right to contract unlimited. That's how we got into the public in the first place. That's how we became amalgamated to a a commercial fiction or some sesquay trust or whatever people, I mean, people try to tolerate me about this and I don't want to talk about it if y'all don't understand. I mean, if y'all can't pick up on it because I feel like Okay, yeah, we can get out of that, but you're going to get into what? And if you don't get into anything proper, you're going to go right back to that anyways. So I discuss the foundation, which is trust and banking. 
or express trust under the common law basically signifies, hey, this is a contract between parties privately under the common law right to contract, which is protected by the Constitution, not you, not the trustees, the trustees' action and administration, but not the trustees themselves, not the beneficiaries. The beneficiaries' rights are protected, but not the beneficiary themselves. The constitutional protections fall upon the contract itself. The contract itself. That's where the constitutional protections fall. Once again, do your own research. I could be absolutely out of my mind. You don't know me. I could be nuts. I might have, I might have not take, taken my meds today. I might not have taken my meds for a year. Y'all don't know. Y'all need to do your own research. But just understand what I'm saying. Constitutional protections fall upon a properly crafted express trust under the common law. We all know what an express trust is right now, right? It's a trust that exists that is expressed through words or writing making use of the common law right to contract. First basic. Now, what is the jurisdiction of the express trust? Obviously, we know that the jurisdiction of the legislative or state trust falls under the state jurisdiction. What is the jurisdiction of the express trust? This is where we need to understand what the terms are stated in the Hague Convention on Trusts. And basically what it says, if there's no jurisdiction stated in the contract, then the jurisdiction falls to the nearest jurisdiction. And I'm going to tell you right now, you do not want that. You don't want that old nearest jurisdiction dance. And I'm going to tell you why. The nearest jurisdiction is going to fall upon one of the trustees or beneficiaries whom has some sort of minimum contact with the state by way of a social security number and or birth certificate. Now, whether or not that person or individual is of the right mind too, Rebut the presumptions of said jurisdiction, in my opinion, is irrelevant to the fact that there is no reason to not have proper jurisdiction invoked in your contract. Listen, 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 listen. If you don't understand the jurisdiction in your trust indenture, if you don't have knowledge with regards to that jurisdiction, if you cannot invoke that jurisdiction, stand upon that jurisdiction, and know how to proceed civilly, civil procedure, proceed civilly with regards to the challenging or removal 
of said action from said jurisdiction, you might as well have a legislative trust. I'm not even going to lie. Because if you don't understand the trust indenture, it could say the coldest jurisdiction in there. If you don't know how to invoke that jurisdiction, stand on and administer that entity through that jurisdiction and even know that that jurisdictional protection exists, there will be a claim made against the trust without the proper knowledge that claim will not be rebutted and it will proceed through the courts of the wrong jurisdiction. And the only ones who can pull that entity out of that jurisdiction are the ones who are the trustees or the beneficiaries. And it's obvious that they lack the knowledge because they're in the wrong court of quote law in the wrong jurisdiction. And that's why we offer trustee training. Today's the 21st. It's almost the end of the month. The cutoff is coming up. This is why we offer trustee training. Training. The foundation isn't going to throw you some documents, tell you to sign here, sign here, get a notary, and congratulations. The foundation is about education. The foundation is about education, proper education, proper administration. Why would I give you a sword if I don't if I can't show you how to use it? You gonna hurt yourself, you're gonna hurt somebody else. Basics with regards to jurisdiction. So an express trust under the common law we now know is a contractual obligation between two parties, three parties, technically grantor, trustees, beneficiaries. Right? Ultimately it's not a trust. It only comes under trust law and how the income is um, taxed and how it's dispersed. Why does it come under trust law? Because that's the closest um, uh, vessel or descriptor that fits this type of entity. In all other aspects, it is a contract. If you understand that, then any issue with regards to the administration or the validity of the entity is a contractual issue, therefore is deserving a specific jurisdiction where protections of contracts are afforded, which is not in Article One. It's not in your state courts. It does not exist. Very, very important. Probably the most important information with regards to the trust that you administer is what jurisdiction is invoked invoked within the contract, within the indenture itself. I hope, I, hope, I hope everyone understands what I'm talking about. A lot of times when you see a legislative trust 
It'll say such and such trust agreement. And then sometimes you'll see such and such trust agreement, but it is worded in so in such a way that is actually reflected as a contract. And we just you you may use the word agreement instead of contract just to be uniform as to not raise any type of unnecessary suspicion, which would cause any unnecessary loss of time with regards to the explanation as to what this specific document is and how it is to be treated in the public. Privately, a lot of times, most of the times, you'll see exceptions, but most of the times it'll say trust contract. Or it won't say agreement or contract. A lot of times I'm going I'm to assume that that's going to be a contract for proper jurisdictions. One of the first things I'm looking at when I'm looking at a trust is what is the jurisdiction? What, where is the jurisdiction? That's the, first, that's the first thing I'm looking at. And that's, that's in all honesty. Just the jurisdiction is very important. And also understanding how jurisdiction comes into play, I think, is even more important. And I think as a trustee, if you, if you do have a trust, maybe you, you obtained it from some guru or, you know, some website or some template or somebody emailed it to you because they bought something off of YouTube or Etsy or who knows, right? First thing you should be looking at in that trust indenture is what is the jurisdiction? And if it's any type of state jurisdiction, if it was me, I would resign immediately. Immediately. The most adequate definition of the express trust is to be understood from the earlier case law, which has been eloquently summed up and restated into a clear, concise definition by Alfred D. Chandler, Esquire. In a report submitted to the tax commissioners, commissioners of Massachusetts on unincorporated associations, his study was conducted as part of a legislative, check it out, as part of a legislative invest, investigation into their economic effect on the state in 1911. In the first part of the report, at page six to seven, he offers the following definition. Now, this is a this is express trust under the common law, distinguished from corporations, uh, contrasted from partnerships. I can't remember. I mean, it, that's it's something like that. That's the that's the that's the title of what this guy is referring to. So, if you want to check that document out, I highly suggest that you do it because the tax commissioner of Massachusetts ordered these lawyers to investigate the implications and what can and cannot be done with regards to these express trusts. Express trust put the legal estate entirely in one or more persons, while others have a beneficial interest in and out of the same, but are neither partners nor agents. This simple, adequate common law right, see, common law right, 
any person or group of persons, sue jurors, may exercise. Um, sue jurors would be of his own right, not under any legal disability or the power of another or guardianship. Now, if you're a ward of the state, are you sue jurors or are you competent to handle your own affairs? And if you are competent to handle your, your own affairs, have you declared such and gone on the record? Hmm. The trustees issuing certificates of beneficial and capital interest divided into shares, as well as issuing bonds and other obligations, such as promissory notes and the like, as freely as they open a bank account, have a passbook, and draw and circulate checks or make whatever contractual relations are allowed to persons as a natural right. I'm going to read that again. The trustees issuing certificates of beneficial and capital interest divided into shares, as well as issuing bonds and other obligations as freely as they open accounts at a bank, have a passbook, and draw and circulate checks or make whatever contractual relations are allowed to persons as natural right. What becomes clear of this definition is that express trust is not merely a property interest held by one for the benefit of another, like any basic trust, okay? So we're talking about he's distinguishing an express trust from a basic trust. Now, basic trust, I would go so far as to say is a legislation, legislative trust, legislation. Rather, it is a trust created by private contract for the holding of a divisible or divisible property interest wherein the trustee is empowered by the settler or grantor to do for a beneficiary of his choosing whatever he may do for himself as an individual sui juris. This is do for an individual of the trustee's choosing. As a general proposition, it may be asserted that one who creates a trust may mold it into whatever form he pleases, and that whatever one may lawfully do himself, he may authorize another to do for him. Doing so requires no benefit, privilege, or franchise from any government or other outside party. Doing so requires no benefit, privilege, or franchise from any government or other outside party. A lot of trustees, they get in trustee training, they get their hands on, you know, because, you know, trustees, we, we do, you know, we got an abstract trust or what we know is a short form, and we got the, you know, a long form. It's private, you know, it doesn't really see the, the, the daylight. Um, and there's a specific process that we use to, you know, bring that, into the public while maintaining privacy. And, you know, trustees know this. Trustees know this. But a lot of, you know, a lot of trustees, you know, they'll get their, you know, their abstract or their short form. And, you know, in this case, you know, maybe we're dealing with a business trust or something like that. And they'll get their abstract and they'll maybe EIN and they'll be like, that's it? Like, that's it? I don't need to register with the state? You don't need to register with the state. 
Um, are you sure I don't need to register with the state? Because uh, like you don't need to register with the state. It's hard for people to understand or fathom that I can just, if I know what I'm doing, I can print something from my computer and my printer, go get it notarized, and go open a bank account, go title a property, go title a vehicle. And it be a legal person without the permission of the government or from the state or from any public or government official. It blows people's minds. It blows their minds. It's one of the biggest, and that's why, like in trustee training, I like to have trustees open their business trust account as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Because it's just paperwork. It really kind of breaks it down. And, you know, this stuff is just paperwork. It's just paperwork. And if you know how to craft and administer paperwork, you're in a very powerful position. A very powerful position. But, yeah, without any permission, no benefit, privilege, or franchise from any government, or other outside party, and therefore the parties owe no duty to any government government or other outside party to the extent that no common law criminal or civil wrong is the purpose of the contract. You can't, you can't, you know, create a trust that induces someone to commit criminal acts. You know, trustees, you got to break the law in order to get paid, stuff like that. Beneficiaries, you got to do this. Or you're not gonna hurt somebody or break into someone's house or you know, harm no no woman, no man or their property. When done properly, the trust is afforded all the common law protections ordinarily given to private contracts, particularly the obligation of them particularly the obligation of them. Now, the question is whether the parties to the contract are truly acting sujuris of their pure, unadulterated common law natural rights, because if the parties import or associate benefits which grant an outside party a vested interest in the proposed contract, then the contract has acquired a third-party overseer or intervener. So if you go register your contract with the state, oops, I've seen a lot of people, they name, they might name a bank as a trustee or a beneficiary on the trust. Oops. And I mean, there's, there's other ways to bring, to bring in, you know, this third party intervener. A lot of people, you know, they have a private trust and they think, oh, you know, I got this bank account and, you know, um, look, anything that goes down with that bank, that you have a bank account with, that is a contract when you open that bank account. So the, any discrepancy, breach, action with regard to that banking contract can be brought into an Article One court, and you cannot remove it as a trustee. Why? Because as a trustee, more than likely, they had you do some sort of certificate of trustee, certifying that you were the trustee of the trust, and then you went on as trustee and signed 
the application to open the, tr- the, the account for the trust, which, you know, is, is according to the, the specific terms of this public banking institution, which is governed by the state and under Article One legislation, which this specific contract between the private trust and the bank, the contract itself or breach thereof, can and if needed will be brought into an Article One court. And run your mouth in the court in dishonor talking about, oh, this court has no jurisdiction. If you don't understand it, you got a bank account with the bank, man. Of course it's jurisdiction, man. Yeah, it's a private contract. We're not arguing that, bro. Relax, man. You're over here tripping. I'm about to, about to give you a psyche valve. You want a psyche valve? I think these, you know, I think these are basics of trust that we miss or, you know, some of us miss. Because we're so excited to go private, we're you know we're so excited to you know get free. We've been hurt and, and taken advantage of and, and, and fleeced so much in our life. We're just tired of it, tired of it, tired of it. And a lot of us, you know, swallow you know poison pills with regards to this information that poisons our minds and gets our house houses taken from us, our cars taken from us, gets our credit tore up. Some of us even go to prison. With regards to you know this 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 information skewed in the wrong way, yeah, it's a private it's a private entity. Yep, you're right. It's a private contract. But did you, as a trustee or any of your trustees, with regards to this entity that is private, that we acknowledge, execute any documents to open a bank account at any time? Well, yeah. Well, sit down, sir. So according to the bank, you're saying that you know the account went negative. And you didn't bring the account positive, and that you know that you owe money. Well, I'm not, and I'm a trustee. Okay, so you, in your fiduciary capacity as trustee, man, pay the bank. Well, oh, 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 you're gonna have a problem. You're gonna have a bad day if you don't understand jurisdiction. Please, the declaration of trust is the trust instrument that constitutes the trust. Okay. Well, where do you derive your authority um, from the trust indenture itself? As a trustee, I am compelled and required in my fiduciary capacity to execute the trust indenture, per the trust indenture. And I'm sorry, I know you work for the state, and I respect your authority. But you, sir, have no authority or jurisdiction with regards to the execution or interpretation of this private contractual entity. The Declaration of Trust is the trust instrument. That constitutes the trust. It has been noted in trust law that no technical expressions are required to create a valid declaration. No need to be technical. You don't need to be a lawyer. You don't need to be smart. You know what I mean? Necessarily. You have to have the proper intentions and to just express it. And more specifically, write it down as a maximum of law. The spoken word flies out the window. The written word remains forever. So long as the words used make clear the settler or grantor's intent to create the trust or confer a benefit of some sort that would be best carried out in the form of a trust. A trust instrument doesn't necessarily need to be a declaration either. 
for a trust may be and often is formed out of a simple agreement or even a will. But with an express trust, the declaration has been preferred since the beginning of trusts under the common law of England, which otherwise shunned fictions of laws. You got me? So at the, at, the, at the creation of the United States, the inception of the United States, Declaration of Independence, 13 colonies of Europeans on the land. The English common law otherwise shunned fictions. These fools came over here with all these fictions. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was just Europeans. Because it wasn't. Please believe. Please believe it wasn't. We're just talking about this specific history with regards to these specific entities that have these specific protections under this specific government and this specific constitution. Please, please. This is where careful attention to detail is most crucial because in order to properly construe the intent of the settler or grantor, the objects, property, and manner in which all is to be carried out must be set forth in unambiguous, precise language so as to particularly create the expressed trust. And where the intent of the settler is unclear, under equity, interpretation is required to construe the intent of the parties. And the trust may be deemed invalid depending on the degree of ambiguity. However, when all is done properly, obviously there can be no lawful impairment of the obligations of contracts. This is where we're at. This, this, to me, this is basic. To me, this is basic. Maybe this is Maybe this basic stuff needs to be more hit, you know, hit on, and I'm down with that. You know, I'm not making any judgmental determinations on anyone's character or you know anyone's mental capacity or fortitude. Repetition is the key to learning, and you know, cool, cool, let's do it. But we're looking to <clears throat> bring the trust indenture the contract itself in line with the constitution where the obligations of the contract cannot lawfully be impaired we're not talking about you and you being a sovereign citizen or a sovereign or a moor or a, a native american or Indian, or it has nothing to do with you. Because in my in my personal opinion, we are all so heavily tied up into this system anyways with all these contracts and birth certificates and driver's licenses and social security cards and, and bank accounts and, 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 and Obamacare and, and social security. You know, it's, I mean, look, man, we, we're so tired. We all did so many uh, tax returns with the IRS there's a presumption, or there's no presumption with regards to this contract indenture that was executed and witnessed 
with no presumptions. It's specific within the, the language itself. So there's no presumption necessary. And it needs to be understood that where the intent of the settler or the grantor is unclear under equity, interpretation is required to construe the intent of the parties. So does that mean interpretation in a legislative court? Possibly if the trustees are ignorant, in my opinion. If they're smart, they're going to say, as the trustees, we, according to the trust indenture, are the only ones who can interpret the trust indenture. And our interpretation stands as law, as long as we resolve it and account for it in the minutes of the indenture, which is the smartest thing to do. But the basic, basic matter of it is, first things first, everything that you have, Everything that you've worked hard for, you probably got raped. You probably paid too much, and then you were taxed on the on the on the income that you use to purchase the thing and pay taxes purchasing the thing. Whether it's a car, a vehicle, I don't care what it is, dresses, gold, silver, doesn't matter. First things first, get those things into the possession of this contract person known as an express trust with the proper jurisdiction. So therefore, this contract person has the lawful protections, uh, lawful contract protections under the Constitution. The system, this, this system is a predatory system. It is meant and designed to extract Resources, labor, um, focus, money, and wealth from individuals. That's the way it's set up. If you're going out here and as, in the, as an individual, you're getting worked. If you have a partnership, uh, if you have a LLC, if you have a corporation, you got better um, odds because the legislation is in your favor because y'all are working as a partnership, as a group. And when you're working as a group, you can come under this other fiction, which is a corporation. And the corporation is recognized in the public. And it gets certain tax benefits that individuals don't get. And all the attorneys know what's up. But then when you when you can get and do business in an entity that is not created nor governed by legislation, it's administered through trust and by a board of trustees for the benefit of the beneficiaries. The trust indenture is, is in itself a contract which specifically excludes the jurisdiction of Article One courts and tribunals that can't be impaired you do it right you can say hey the article one tribunals can never adjudicate any matter with regards to this trust indenture unless a subsequent contract exists that is a nexus between the article one tribunal and the trust itself 
which would be like, okay, you did a banking contract, so you open an account, it's a trust account, okay, boom, boom, boom. Anything else, that, that's within the contract that has to be um, respected. It cannot be impaired. No state can pass any law impairing the obligation of contract. When you understand what this is, it gets very, very powerful. We stop talking about ourselves because the system is engineered to make us focus on ourselves individually and not on, on our families, not on the group, not on our team. We're, we're meant to focus on ourselves individually so that we can easily get slaughtered. But we got to work against that programming and come together. Even if you're coming together with fiction, if you understand what I'm saying, it's still better than no thing. And, and you know, moreover, the declaration by its terms and provisions serves to establish the entire contractual arrangement including the identities and positions of the parties, the trust names, jurisdiction and situs, and all particulars of administration, all of which the courts of equity, equity will fully support by the principle that equity compels performance. So if it's in the contract, equity compels performance. Hey, Your Honor, according to this contract, I'm supposed to have, you know, hey, hey, as long as it's not illegal, or malicious, they can't stop you. And then you do it. Like, hey, Your Honor, hey. Man, look, put, put, get a proper trust. Get it in trustee training. Get your, get your proper trust. Get in before, hey, 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 too late, hey. Hey. Put your vehicle in the name of the trust. Put the insurance in the name of the trust. Get pulled over. They ask you, is this your, tr- your car? Say, no, it is not my vehicle. It, is, it, is, uh, it belongs to the trust in the, in the name of the trust, but I'm the trustee. If they ask you to repeat yourself, repeat yourself. It is not my vehicle. No, it's not mine. It belongs to the trust. It's, it, it, it's a trust. And I'm the trustee. What's the name of the trust? Say the name of the trust. So go to the you know, back and run your little license or something like that. That's why you, you pulled me over, sir, because, you know, actually, I was on my way to, you know, execute this trust business. Do you know what you just did? Just, man, just by that simple sentence with that specific information that you threw in to that question, that simple sentence, they want to buck, they want to get weird. Ask them to call the supervisor. Supervisor, run the place. So look at the registration. Maybe look at the insurance. See that's in the trust name. When you pull up on you, say, you know, well, sir, I'm a trustee. This gentleman pulled me over. I'm not sure for what, but uh, you know, I asked him for what because you know, when I was pulled over, I was actually technically executing trust business. I have a contractual obligation that I was executing or fulfilling at the moment I was pulled over. I hope hope y'all know what I'm talking about, because in that moment, in that specific instance, you are alleging, not even alleging, you're you're letting them know that they are impairing the obligation of a contract. You don't have to get hostile. You don't have to start yelling. You don't have to start 
pulling out random IDs, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not being pejorative or disrespecting anybody or their culture or their nation. I'm not. I'm talking about how we interface with the public. That's what I'm talking about. Damn all this. I'm going to get in my feelings and stuff. I ain't talking about nobody. I ain't talking about nobody's. I ain't trying to hear none of that. I ain't trying to get no emails. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do it, family? You do it. I'm doing what I do. This is my mission. Ancestors hollered at me. I hollered back. And this is how it's going down. You don't have to talk about nothing. All you got to say is, hey, I was actually handling trust business. I was executing the trust contract. I'm, you know, I'm doing my, my trustee duties. Now, y'all pull me over. What's going on? What's good? Oh, you're speeding. It don't matter. Take the ticket. Sign the ticket. Sign it all rights reserved, coactive species, put it in ellipses, whatever you want to do. But the counterclaim is they impaired the obligation of a contract which is a constitutional violation, fam. They want you to get bucked. They want to beat you. They want to say, oh, he's resisting arrest and all this other stuff to, to, to take away from the validity of that claim. I ain't telling you go out there and get in trouble, I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just trying to drop a little knowledge a little bit as to how moving, very similar, but just a little different can make all the difference. And then, you know, constitutional violations, you, a lot of times they're trying to settle. The insurance company is really tripping. And a lot of times they're trying to settle. And, you know, all, all because you proceeded civilly. Proceed, man. The course of equity will fully support by the principle that equity compels performance. The ultimate result is the creation of a bona fide legal entity with its own separate and distinct juridical personality. I mean, come on. It has its own juridical personality? What does that even mean? Check it out. Juridical, J-U-R-I-D-I-C-A-L. Look it up, yo. Withstanding to sue and be sued and to function as a person in commerce by and through its trustees. The term natural person has been applied to express trust by courts of equity because of its administration being carried out by men acting as natural persons. I'm going to read that one more time. The term natural person has been applied to express trusts by courts of equity because of its administration being carried out by men acting as natural persons. Carried out by men acting as natural persons. So are you a natural person or you, do you act as a natural person? And what is ACT? A-C-T. Is that legalese? Is that in the law dictionary? Should I look at that up? I, I think I will. Just not right now, right? <laughs> Under this application, the trust right 
of contract is unalienable. Whereas its creators, natural right of contract obviously is not. I'm sorry, the right of contract is alienable. Whereas the creator's natural right to contract is unalienable, which means you can, you know, you can mess it up. You can mess it up through improper administration. I'm trying to holler at my guy, man. He didn't hit me back, man. Disappearing homies reappear. The express trust nevertheless possesses inter alia the right to all enjoyments stemming from the contracts into which it enters, as well as the obligations imposed under such contracts. The express trust possesses the ability to hold or own property, engage in business transactions, and incur liabilities, including tax liabilities, as well as assume creditorship, including secured party status, like any other legal person. Man, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all want some asset protection, better holler at me. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Asset protection. It's one thing to have an asset protection trust. Another thing, the title um, property in an asset protection trust, is it's quite another thing to know how to properly, (laughs) uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Assume creditorship through an asset protection trust. Are you are you or your trust mentor familiar how to assume creditorship through an asset protection trust? The corpus is the body of the trust, i.e. the property being held in trust for the beneficiaries, the very subject matter of the declaration. It should be noted that virtually anything may be held in trust. However, there are certain things which, given their innate traits recognized in law, make for better subject matter, so to speak. <laughs> All right, so check this out. Caveat. We got about 30 minutes left in the stream. Um, that's what the alarm is for. So about 30 minutes left in the stream. I'm in a really good mood, so what I'm going to say is, <laughs> um, what am I going to say? Okay, look, look, I'm going to drop some. Let me drop it. I'm going to pancake some toes. Um, look, I'm going to read this again. Virtually anything may be held in trust. Look, y'all, y'all, y'all got your, you know, look, look. <laughs> What is the corpus of your trust? What is what is it? What is the corpus? Oh, um, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, it's money. What kind of money? Uh, yeah, it's money. <laughs> okay. So it's better reserve. Yeah, I got dollars. You know, I got a trust checking account. You know, it's five hundred thousand. It's banned. <laughs> All right. So you funded your trust with public debt instruments, huh? Did you? So you're telling me that you funded your trust with public debt instruments. Huh? <laughs> I've had this conversation so many times. People get mad at me. So you're telling me that the actual initial funding of your private trust 
was public Federal Reserve notes. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, it's money, it's money. All right, man, good luck with that. I don't care what jurisdiction your trust invokes. I don't care who your trustees, your trustees could be God. I'm telling you, if you funded, if your initial funding of the corpus of your trust is anything public, your trust is public. I don't care what nobody says. I'll, look, look, and then, I mean, so many people just don't get this. Just don't get it. That's the third-party intervener right there is the federal government. Why? Because you're using their private script as the initial funding, the initial corpus of this trust, man. Come on, man. What's up with you? What's going on? What happened? You want to know why your trust is getting challenged and why it's being pierced? Because the initial corpus of your trust was based off. Oh, you ain't got jurisdiction. I, I, I removed. I tried to move for dismissal, and they just ran over me. Nah. They're corrupt. Like, look, man, look. Do not. Do not. If you never. I mean, you got like a week left or something to email the foundation with regards to trustee training. Because, look, but if you never. Hit me up ever in your life. Please listen to what I'm saying right now. Don't ever fund your trust with something they own. Or describe what you fund your trust with the terms that they, the commercial terms they use. People put their put they property in a trust. Yeah, lot number six. With the addition to the VZ and the man, look, man, that's that's yo, that's hella commercial talk, B. Crazy, com- yo, what? That's day words. Legally, look, man, their words are copywritten. That's why they name is legalese, baby. And and lot number six, that's commercial legalese, man. So you just describing. Property with their terms, which infers their property, which now you got a third-party intervener. You're wondering why the, the state is stepping all over your trust, man. How do you how do so how do I record the property? Cool. I mean, yeah. Yo, they recognize a warranty deed or a deed of trust. Sure, record it, but that better not be the only way that the trust holds quote title or ownership. To that property There better be some other Substantive form of title Held in the trust Outside of the commercial Non-substantive form of title Do you understand what I'm saying? To me this is basics Hands down basics But it's not Because everybody in my opinion Not y'all obviously Because y'all, y'all fam But everybody out there that we be seeing and running into They want to be hella superficial with this stuff it just sounds good. It looks good. I sound smart. You think I'm cool. Blah, 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 blah. Like, look, man, I don't care about your ego. I don't care how you think I look. I don't care, man. I don't like the attention. It irritates me. I try to be humble. I like being humble. The truth of the matter is, is most people that I've seen who came to me like, yeah, so, ha, 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 
already got to trust. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just wanted to come at you and, you know, <laughs> just round out what I already know. You know, <laughs> you know how many times I've seen and heard this dance? And then, like, let me see your indenture. <laughs> no problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they, they emailed or scanned this, this indenture over to me, and I'm going to throw up on myself and all over their paperwork. Because it's tore off, it's super tore off, and I know you got a lot invested in this. Maybe you probably gave this fool five G's or twenty G's or something. He just spun you, and you don't like what I'm saying. Like the critiques that I'm laying on this actual indenture, you're actually taking them personally. Like I'm actually critiquing you and coming at you. I'm not. I am not. I do not do these things. And when I do, I apologize profusely because, hey, I fall short sometimes. I'm critiquing the indenture itself. We got to get in our capacity. Are you in a fiduciary capacity? You can say whatever you want about the trust. Do you control it? And, and can you make me do anything as a trustee with regards to the trust? No. And then the boo-boo, stick your head in the boo-boo. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel. I'm just going to execute the contract indenture. To me, it's simple. But, you know, I wanted to get back to the basics. Uh, in the jurisdiction, let me, I'm going to continue. Um, and by the way, if y'all want a copy of this document, just email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com, and just put, all you got to do is put in the subject uh, line uh, trustee handbook from the show trustee handbook from the show you ain't got to say peace you ain't got to say what's up I understand you're busy so am I you know if you ain't really got nothing to say I'd rather just see the you know subject line and attach the document and holler at me later man um, a lot of times I understand people are trying to catch up and I ain't got nothing wrong with that you know a lot of people feel like you know I want to get to a certain point before I hit so up uh, a um, I want to be able to answer, answer proper questions. And B, you still got an ego, and you want to don't you don't want to look like you don't know too much before you talk to me. That to me is a limiting mind state because you're going to get way faster, further by you know contacting someone who can help you move further than trying to get it on your own and prove a point. But hey, man, eat to each their own. Free will. I love you. You know what I'm saying? In the jurisdiction of the Fourteenth Amendment, United States public trust, precious metal, the substance of common law, is legally merely a commodity. Back in the Republic, however, it remains the staple for payments of debt. Okay, so, you know, I think um, I've had two, three. I've had three private people offer to, to pay the foundation or to make the donation to the foundation for trustee training in gold and silver. I've had two people do it. It's crazy, but everybody wants to go private. I understand, man. We try to figure it out, but. Gold and silver is the only lawful method of payment for, for debt, public and private, regardless of what any legislation says. And I think, you know, legal tender for all debt, public and private, I think that public that and private part is, uh, is a slap in the face. How are you going to tell me that it's legal tender for, for a private debt? But I guess it makes sense because I understand what legal tender means. But whatever. The express trust and the common law holding real estate, silver, or gold is holding the very substance of the law under which 
it was created, thus ensuring that bond between law and land and the powers and guarantees that come with it. I'm going to read that again. Excuse me. The express trust under the common law holding real estate, silver, and gold is holding the very substance of the law under which it was created, thus ensuring that bond between law and land and the powers and guarantees that come with it. First and foremost, any man or woman or person capable of taking physical possession of or legal title to property can be a trustee. Uh, a corporation can take physical title of a, of a of a property. You just put it in the file in the folder with with the you know what I'm saying with the corporate documents. Straight up. Uh, I'm gonna put the uh, the car in trust. Look, man, you title the vehicle in the trust name, and you put the trust. Uh, I'm sorry, you put the the title once the trust receives it that's in the trust name in with the trust documents. Because now that constitutes part of the corpus of the trust. And there is no limit to the number of trustees who may serve in any one trust. Generally, where there is more than one trustee, the trustees with respect to each other are referred to as co-trustees. And when acting jointly as a collective body are referred to as the board of trustees. So within co-trustees, I'm the co we're co-trustees, but I am the executive trustee. I mean, you can get very specific if you want to. Um, and then specific powers between trustees or not are defined within the trust indenture if you feel so fit to do so. But ultimately, anyone, anybody can be a trustee. I've seen trusts where banks are trustees, especially with, like, uh, large amounts of money. You know, you see a bank that's a trustee. I've seen trusts that uh, had other trusts as trustees, uh, you know, partnerships as trustees, partnerships as beneficiaries. Maybe even the partnership was a was a grantor or settler. Now, if it's a legislative partnership that is a grantor or settler, is that would that make it by um, law a legislative trust? These are things to think about and. Are you bringing a third-party state or public intervener into the administration of the trust? That's something to think about. Now, now generally, with creating instruments, I've seen beneficiaries be named, or more specifically, maybe a bank will be issued trust capital units that you know maybe hold a certain value according to you know, a private valuation affidavit that was submitted by the trustees. I don't know. I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Furthermore, there is no law prescribing the character of a trustee, and while it has been held that a trust cannot be invalidated simply due to incompetence, the trustee should be at least someone capable and fit for executing the powers and duties honorably. The trustee should be stationed within the jurisdiction of the court of equity in which the estate is located, I'm going to read that again. The trustee should be stationed 
look up that word in the law dictionary, within the jurisdiction, in the law dictionary, of the court of equity, equity, court of equity, in the law dictionary, in which the estate, estate, in the law dictionary, is located, located, in the law dictionary. If needed, the trust corpus is an estate. If indeed, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if indeed the trust corpus is an estate. Is that that's not basic. The trust corpus being an estate is not basic. That's it's kind of higher level. But what is the corpus of the trust? Trust. What is the corpus? The the, the body of the trust. The the property of the trust. That's where the corpus is. Body. Property. I don't know. Look it up. But where the trust corpus is portable land, portable land, the trustee need not be stationed within any single jurisdiction. Non-residency will, dis- will not disqualify or preclude the trustee from carrying out his position. doesn't matter. I could live in Texas and be a, quote, resident of Texas and be a trustee of a trust that, let's just say for this example, is registered in Utah and go to Utah and handle trust business regardless of I'm a Utah citizen or resident. It doesn't matter. I'm executing the contract. I don't have to be a, have a resident of the state to execute contract. This, this trust has business in the state. The trust has status in the state, and you're not going to tell me anything about that. And if you do, you're impairing the obligation of the contract. I believe that's a constitutional violation. Come at me, bro. But with honor, I proceed civilly. As far as accepting the appointment is concerned, this should be done formally, formally. And when it's ever questioned, the validity of the trust should and always should be substantiated with some sort of formal acceptance of the role of trustee by the trustees. It's, I, I, I recommend it. There's, there's reasons for it. But you just want to show substantiation. Don't give any of these fools any holes to poke nothing through, man. Because they perverse, and I ain't trying to see what they're poking through the hole. I'm just playing. Like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, expressly. So this should be done formally, expressly, in writing, even though it will always be implied if the individual intermeddles with the trust property or performs any act to carry out the trust. It's implied, but still, once acceptance has been tendered, no court of common law or equity can prevent the trustee from holding that office except for breach of trust or good cause dependent upon clear and lawful necessity. Removal must be procured pursuant to the provisions of the declaration or where no such provisions are made by decree of a court of equity. So that I mean, look, if you're if you're allowing any type of other court to come in and intercede with regards to your trust indenture, that's probably I mean sorry, that has properly invoked non-legislative um, jurisdiction. That's your own fault. That's something the trustee needs to you know get under control. It's, it's I mean a trust is only as good as its administrators. 
Hands down, I had um, a client ask me to come on as as a trustee, you know, for his estate. And I was like, no. Well, yeah, okay. For And I said something crazy. I was like, I want to test 12% um, of the annual wealth of the, of the estate that I'm administering per year. So, you know, if your estate's worth a million dollars, I want 10% of that. So give me 100000 a year plus my retainer of $100,000 a year, and I'll come on. And he was like, ah, let me think about it. I hope you don't think about it. I want it to be prohibitive because a fiduciary responsibility is a very, very, very large responsibility. It means I have to focus, I have to commit time to your estate, you're, you're going to pay me well. And unfortunately, most trustees are just starting out and can't, you know, afford 10% of the overall estate plus $100,000 a year retained. For, you know, the foundation to administer your estate, which, you know, obviously is a trust and obviously I'm a trustee. So, you know, vicariously, colloquially, you could say I'm administering your estate. But ultimately, I would rather you just learn to do it and do it well. But if you really need me to, it's going to be 10% plus 100000 a year up front. Because my people got some of the illest and greatest excuses. The powers of trustee are divided into three categories. General, special, and discretionary. General are those inherent in trustees virtue of the side, i.e. ordinarily conferred by trust law. The special are all those conferred by the trust instrument. Okay? Did y'all know that? And the discretionary are all those arising out of the necessity of personal judgment. So broad discretion may also be conferred by law and as well by the trust instrument. It is well settled law that under a declaration of trust Trustees must have all the powers necessary to carry out the obligation of the private contract, which they have assumed. So, did you know your special powers as a trustee derive themselves from the trust instrument itself? And the general powers of a trustee are those ordinarily conferred by trust law? I would go so far as to say you do not or did not. Furthermore, it is settled that the trustees of an express trust are afforded greater latitude to carry out their duties than ordinary trustees. Did you hear that? And y'all know what ordinary trust, ordinary means what? Legislative, statutory. That's what they're going to say ordinary. Because to them and to those in the public, that stuff is what's ordinary. What, what we're talking about is private contractuals. That stuff, I don't know, that's not ordinary, bro. You come in my office with this stuff, I got to start printing off. Stuff I gotta call legal man, bro, bro, man, dude. I'm liable just to say that we can't do this, or you're wrong, or this is fraud, or something. Because you know what you're doing is not ordinary; it's extraordinary. The trustees are empowered to control every aspect of the trust according to the trust instrument and equity. And retain the power to remove even the beneficiaries from the premises. That's what I'm saying. Like you have to, you have to teach. And I tell, I tell the trustees, you have to teach your successors. 
because you can set up a vast, I'm sorry, grand, vast, and most luxurious estate. But if the estate control is lost, meaning like if your heirs lose control of the estate and the control falls in the hands of like some lawyers or attorneys or like some somebody in the public or something like that, the trustees can turn the trust away from your beneficiaries. All they gotta do is do a meeting on the board of trustees and execute a meeting. A lot of times we're gonna execute provisions within the indenture that avoid and specifically preclude that from ever happening. But that's just a good example. Think about it. You pass couple 10 15 years later due to the laziness or lack of knowledge of your successors they are kicked out of the property that you put in trust by the new trustees the power to bind the trust in a contract especially where such obligation is implied by law and the power to contract with the beneficiary so the, the trust the trust y'all the trust can contract with the beneficiary Y'all know that contracts are king. The power to partition, exchange, sell, pledge, or mortgage the trust property, either in whole or in part. The power to lease trust property. The power to issue, change, or otherwise dispose of securities of the trust. <clears throat> trust brokerage account. <clears throat> trust brokerage account. The power to support the beneficiaries in all reasonable manner. The power to prosecute and defend in the trust name or trustee's name. The power to make gifts out of trust property. The power to delegate all unessential powers and duties. And the power to exercise personal judgment and every discretionary power not prohibited by the trust instrument. He may do whatever a man or woman may lawfully do according to natural right. The fundamental principle of law is that for every power there is a correlative duty. The trustee, as a fiduciary to the beneficiaries, assumes certain basic duties outside of the management of trust property and other general duties aside from whatever specific duties may be conferred upon the trustee and the trust instrument. The duties include but not are not limited to the duty to support the beneficiaries in any essential needs which it may have out of the funds which would otherwise be paid to it. And distribution, and if such funds are not available, the duty to accumulate any balance needed, the duty to refrain from taking advantage of peculiar knowledge or position when dealing directly with the beneficiaries, the duty to exercise the utmost good faith in all concerns of the trust, whether dealing with the trust property itself or directly with the beneficiaries in matters concerning the trust, including to care for, protect, and secure the trust property. Get a text message. The duty to preserve, protect, and further the trust interests according to the purposes designated in the trust instrument, including pressing all reasonable demands and prosecuting and fending off all claims and claiming all available exceptions and taking all available remedies and advantages in trust matters. I had a trustee who was in trustee training and 
he had uh, a trust that uh, a trustee was like a law firm or something, and they gave they gave him a loan from his trust, and he didn't pay the loan back, and his trust sued him. And he sent me the paperwork. It looked weird. It was his name, trust, suing his name. <laughs> it was it was weird. And he was like, yo, is there anything I could do with this is my trust? How is my own trust going to sue me? Like, look, man, you don't have control of your trust. You're just a beneficiary. And I see this loan contract, and you told me yourself that you didn't pay it back. So, yeah, yeah, the trustees of your, quote, trust are suing you for the money that you didn't pay back to your core trust. It happens. I've seen it. You'd be like, what? And I was like, yeah, it happens. The duty to keep minutes and separate accounts of the trust, even if kept in a book with other accounts, with minutes showing decisions and resolutions reached, and accounts showing the state of the trust and pertinent details of transactions, generally in the form of schedules of income received Income paid, additions to principal, deductions from principal, principal on hand, and changes in investment uh, consisting of debtor and creditor size. Upon acceptance of trusteeship, the duty to secure and protect the trust property and trust documents. That's why a lot of these people you get foreclosed on by a trustee, that's their duty to foreclose on you. If you ain't made the payments and they come on as a trustee, in a foreclosure, that's their duty. Upon acceptance of trusteeship, the, the duty to secure and protect the trust property and the trust documents. There you go. You ever been through a foreclosure? You wonder why the trustee foreclosure just smashed on you? Because that's their duty. Sorry. When investing trust funds, the duty to invest them securely so that they shall be preserved intact for the remaindermen and to invest productively so that they shall yield at least the current rate of interest to the life tenant and the duty to concur with all co-trustees except where authorized to act individually. And that's, the, that, that's one of the main duties. You need to confer with all trustees when, before you make it, uh, any type of action on behalf of the trust or that authority with regards to that action must exist within the trust indenture itself before the execution of that action, otherwise that specific action or transaction will be deemed as self-dealing and will be taxed to you specifically, which means um, let's say you purchase a you know, a vehicle in the trust name, $50,000 you spend with trust funds uh, it could be you know, um, alleged that that was a co-mingling of the funds the other trustees can come back and sue you in your individual capacity for that forty, fifty thousand dollars back. And if you don't comply, they can take this action into a commercial court or an equity court or any court of their choosing to demand performance. Because you didn't have authority to purchase that vehicle on behalf of the trust. There was no trust resolution. We didn't do a meeting of the board of trustees and your your authority to purchase vehicle with trust funds does not exist in the trust indenture. Oops. Now that $40,000 transaction, the, the taxes on that transaction are your individual responsibility and you got to pay the trust back that money. 
Look, we got 30 seconds left in the broadcast. If you are online checking out the show, you do want to call in. Call the number is 424-222-5250, 424-222-5250. I will stream a little bit, but due to the technical difficulties, we out of here pretty soon. So I think I'm going to stop there um, with the basics. If y'all want, email me, admin at welcomefoundation.com. Leave comments, whatever you do. If you want a part two of this, like a real part two, not a blog talk made of oops part two. And, you know, I could definitely do a part two. If you're interested in the document, like I said, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Very little. All you have to do is put in a subject bar, uh, trust book from the show, or, you know, just reference trust book or trust manual, and then show the show. The show, and I'll know what you're talking about. Like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I'll send it to you for the free, not for the fee. It's on me. Well, actually, it's on the foundation. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was just a few, I guess, you know, some of the basics that I wanted to go over. You know, I apologize about the, you know, the technical difficulties, and I also want to apologize to everybody for, you know, the imbalance in my emotional state the past couple of weeks. There was a several people who picked up on, you know, on it in the last broadcast and the broadcast before. And, you know, I feel like I kind of been rubbing people the wrong way just a little bit, unintentionally, but still. And, uh, you know, you I offer... My sincerest apologies. I am in the process of rebalancing. And, uh, you know, my mind just got out of whack. I wasn't being thankful. I was thinking about what I didn't have, what I had not achieved, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and where I feel like I, I felt like I should have been and what should have been happening. But I was just, I was, I was tripping. And I had other things going on, which has nothing to do with y'all. So if you felt that energy, I apologize. I really do. I didn't mean it. And, uh, you know, I am uh, not perfect, and I work on myself every day. And I do my best to acknowledge my flaws so that I may correct them. Um, Because I want to be like my father, and I feel like imitation is the highest form of flattery. So I'm about to do my dance. But, you know, sometimes when I'm dancing, I sprain my ankle. Y'all can see it. And y'all saw me. And my bad. So uh, with that being said, uh, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I think, let me check my calendar. So, let me see. Next show is next Wednesday. Okay, so next Wednesday is the 28th. That's one week and a half. We got a week and a half left. One week, one, two, three days. So, less than a half. We got nine days. Before the cutoff, for the training. But I love y'all, man. But it is what it is. And it will be what it's going to be. I'm going to open the phone lines in a second. Um, I'm actually real surprised that so many people are on the line with the technical difficulties. Y'all figured it out. And I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Because for all intents and purposes, this is, this is the audience of the foundation. So, um, And y'all be doing y'all dance. So, yeah, I 
mean, I trust that y'all, you know, gained some, you know, insight from the, uh, you know, from the show. I did want to jump on some basics. I didn't really get into terminology with regards to what the positions were, what is a grantor, what is a trustee, what is a beneficiary. I feel like we can look those up. I mean, you know, you can do a legal definition search online. I mean, you know, I, 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 I felt like that was a little too basic. But I did want to get into, you know, what is an express trust under the common law? What does that mean? Where are the protections derived from it? What, what is he talking about? And why does it matter? And why is everybody thinking so cool? Well, hopefully I was able to answer some questions, some fundamental questions, fill in some gaps, um, you know, dot some I's, cross some T's, connect some dots, do my dance, you know, you know, whatever it is. And um, that's all I'm trying to do. But with that being said, I'm going to go to the phone lines. But, uh, yeah, man, we got about nine days left, nine days left. And like I say, you know, I'm not the only one. And, you know, I'm definitely probably not, I'm definitely not the best. You know, I know I'm not the worst. But, you know, I put everything into, you know, training the trustees with regards to proper administration, proper protections, proper uh, substantiation. Uh, you know, we look to, you know, train from the standpoint of surviving an audit or some sort of high level um, firm because, I don't know, you accidentally, you know, got into a fender bender with someone who had a lot of money and just really wanted to go after you. With proper, you know, education and administration, it, it'll be nothing to withstand an action from a millionaire. And not to call in favors and, you know, corrupt judges to do anything against a properly constructed, crafted, administered, and protected contract entity. Hands down. There's nothing better. There's nothing better out here than the right type of and pop right. Um, I mean, sorry, the properly administered and right type of contract trust. And, you know, I hope y'all know I wouldn't lie to you. And, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't lie to you on purpose. So, all right, phone lines. I press one if you want to holler at me. Any questions, you know, whatever, man. Um, but, yo, we got some callers. So, 929. Um, no, nah, let's, let's start with 915-0068. Let's go in order. 915-0068. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? What's going on, so there? This is Demetrius from Florida. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much, man. I can't call it. It's good to hear you on the radio, on the airwaves. Thankful for all your hard work and dedication. You and the brother Yusuf. Oh, yeah, man. You know, hey, you know how I say it's the ancestors, man. It's man. not me, but I appreciate it. Yeah. I kind of I kind of don't really have nothing for you. You know, we scheduled to talk on trustee uh, training, but um, what I got... I kind of wanted to get to the crowd, kind of like how the rest of our, you know, co-partners do. But my one thing I just want to say to anybody. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My one thing I just want to say to anybody and everybody who might be thinking about, you know, trustee training or even getting a consultation. Hey, your time would not be wasted. 
I dare you to write it down, think it through, get stumbled, and ask a question, and it it's gonna get answered. And if it going if it don't get answered, you got some research to do. Because everything that I asked in my in my consultation, I mean, I came back with nothing to say. I, I really didn't have nothing to say. I had some reading to do. And it was like the best day I could have asked all the questions, man. We had a great consultation. So I advise anybody to go at it, give it a spin. You won't be disappointed. And, man, I'm just thankful, man. I'm looking forward to the future. So, hey, man, Brother So L, you keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? I hope all my brothers and sisters come out here because it's lonely out here, man. You know, our information, it don't make us normal no more. You know what I'm saying? So we need to right. build this community think with like-minded people, man, and stop, you know, getting cooped up in my garage. You know, I didn't pop out my garage now. I can't stay in there no more. I didn't left enough information. I need to go meet some people. So I take yeah. some trips. Yeah. yeah, you know, I take some trips and, and y'all need to, you know, we need to talk more and stuff like that. But, hey, Brother So L, I look forward to that, you know, trustee training. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, just, nobody forget passport, no social. Man, need to get that. But, other than that, brother, so L, you, you take it easy, man. You know, God bless the powers that be, and I'm thankful, man. You keep pushing, man. You got you got soldiers out here ready. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. That's uh, that was a great uh, that was a great review, actually. You know, you said man. so much, but man, it's the I truth, man. It, man. It's my you pleasure. Truth, the truth. Set you free, man. I feel free like that for a while now. But I ain't going to hold the lawn mm-hmm. up, man. I got some people. I, whoever calling next, I'm trying to hear what they got to say, man. I'm always interested to hear what everybody got to say. So everybody be blessed. One love. And I'll talk to y'all later, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, man, accolades. Humbled, humbled. Very humbled. Not me as the ancestors, but I mean, I'm you know I'm receiving it, so I'm very humble. Thank you very much. I'm just trying to do my dance, y'all. You know, I stumble, man. I stumble every once in a while, and you know, I feel like the, the one of my biggest powers is admitting my mistakes like right away and not trying to do no fuck dance. And excuse my language. With regards to, oh, it was so-and-so, but so-and-so did this, but I didn't know. I don't play that game. I don't play that game. I don't play that game. I think it's disrespectful to myself. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to do my dance as best I can. So when I hear stuff like that, it really it really helps and, 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 and motivates me. So, yeah, man, thanks, thanks Brother Demetrius. Um, next caller, 202-0752. 202-0752. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, peace. My name is Jason. I'm calling from D.C. Um, I've been a listener for a while now, and um, I really want to say thank you. The information you're putting out is insightful, and I can tell it's coming from a place of love and passion. Um, I used to um, mix you up with Yusuf L. and uh, SBC University. Um, offering, but I finally understand that you are two separate individuals. And um, I mean, when I connect the dots between um, 
think the ideas that both of you put forth is really just very powerful. Um, and from today's show, it's really nice that I'm now aware that the um, the initial funding for the initial corpus of a trust, especially an express trust, should not be any type of fiat currency. That's something Correct. before today I didn't know. That's really cool. Um, but my question, you know, I was I was I had planned to call in during last week's show, but I kind of got busy and I couldn't um do it when my alarm went off. But I was gonna ask something about um something about um, um dealing with Equifax and um credit repair. So um let's say in a hypothetical that you have an account on your report which you do not recognize and after um reporting it as such with an official document um Equifax is still declining to um follow what um the law requires. Is there some type of um different procedure for Equifax because the other two bureaus have actually complied. Okay, so I appreciate the question and I, I appreciate um you know what you said about the you know about the show and the distinctions and what you get from high frequency. I'm I'm used to getting mixed up with uses. I, I take it as a compliment. So no you know it's all <laughs> it's no problem. But um as far as your question goes, uh, I first want to point out that Equifax is being sued and, and they're getting whooped on right now. And it's not really sure if they're going to do bankruptcy, what's going on. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be slower than any other reporting agency. But with that being said, if it's an account that you don't recognize, um, I would definitely uh, consider that identity theft if it was me. And I would go through with the necessary steps to uh, establish or substantiate that claim of identity theft, um, such as a, a police report, possibly uh, identity theft affidavit or something like that. And then oh, um, if, if you have to, I would bring the, the Equifax to court. I would, you know, why not? Um, they're going through stuff. You're more than likely, if you're the best case scenario is that no one's going to show up on their behalf. You're going to get a default judgment. And there are attorneys and different type of people who would, you know, cut off their pinky to pursue a judgment against, you know, Equifax right now because they're bleeding. You know, they're bleeding out. They're, they're down. Um, right. But that that's what I would say. I would, I would definitely say, you know, um, I would pursue it in that, you know, substantiate properly um, your claim. Um, lawfully and legally, and then you know pursue you know some sort of you know civil action against them for not um, uh, acquiescing or complying with your lawful request. Yes, it was actually an official police report that was filed, and um, even though TransUnion and Experian deleted it within like a week. Equifax instead initiated a an investigation, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yep. yeah, it's coming back. <clears throat> so you're saying a, a small claims lawsuit or like a go with a lawyer and something like that? 
I, w- I would never tell anyone to go with a lawyer unless they were just completely unaware of what was happening and what was going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, small claims. Yep, I would definitely look at the Fair Debt Collection, uh, I mean, sorry, the Fair Credit Reporting Act and fall in line with that. But, I mean, as long as you're, you know, substantiating your claim, you did an official police report, I would definitely add an affidavit of identity with that. Um, even though the police report itself is an affidavit form, I would add another affidavit that is notarized by a notary. Because now, even if the police report um, is called into question, they're going to have to rebut that affidavit point by point um, in the court. Um, give them some sort of process, you know, contact them. Hey, I submitted this on this day. This is supposed to happen. It didn't happen. I'm giving you 30 days to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, you owe me this much money, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to take you to court, and I'm going to sue you for this much money. Send that to them um, via notary presentment. Um with a return receipt, certified mail, and if it doesn't happen in 30 days, give them an opportunity to cure. And, and if they don't do that, now you got a default, and you can get a you know, get a default uh, judgment. And the default includes what you said you were gonna do, which was you owe me money, and I'm gonna do this to collect my money. So if they don't address it, uh, it means they acquiesce to it, and that's the you know it's a contract now. Now it's a contract. Now they agree to the contract. Now the courts will you know. Equity requires performance. The contract substantiated and not responded to with the default. That's equity. So it requires performance. That's what I would do. But I would tell them what I'm doing. This is what happened. I sent y'all a police report. I sent y'all an affidavit. According to the Fair Debt Credit Reporting Act, you're supposed to do this. You didn't do this. If you don't do this within 30 days, you owe me this much money, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to take you to court in the court of law for this much money that you owe me. I would would start off like that because you got to tell them what you're going to do. Okay. That's going to need some further study, but that's okay with me. Okay. My last question, if I may, um, so the caller ahead of me, and I think I've heard you say sometime in previous shows that um, using the social security number is is um, maintaining or even establishing some minimum contact um, with the state. So by um, not using it, is, are you saying that is people are succeeding with um, – with giving a PG to unsecured business funding with um, a CPN? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, me, personally, myself, I've done it. And it worked. And I'm going to tell you, between me and you, even though this is a public, it was with, uh, what are they called? Those home fix-up type large stores. How about that? was one of those the most recent one that I did oh yeah yeah that's the, you know, look people be all weird about that stuff first of all there's a lot of fraud with people you know you get one and then it's got like a murderer on it or something or it's a dead person recently 
and like boom, you're done. But really, if you get you get the right credit profile number, and if it's not for fraud, you're protected by federal law. Right. Straight up. Yeah. So yeah, yep. It's the same exact Ooh. thing, except for there's not a social security account behind it, and that's what they want because allegedly they're able to tap into that account when you default. But if it's a CPN or whatever, there's no account to tap into when you default. But really, they just charge off the, you know, they charge off the amount or whatever. <clears throat> they ultimately get paid or they get some sort of deductions to offset that debt. All these corporations do. I know how it works. But still, you know, <laughs> they, they want that SSAN. And I'm like, no. Uh, ah. Good luck with that. Now, there's, there's different methods you know, that some people partake in that I will not do because, you know, I want the credit lines. I want access to the credit. I'm not going to default on it. I'm not going to use it for fraud. Right. You know, so I, I look at credit as like emergency funds. So like if anything happens, oh, you know, oh, I blew a head gasket, oh, the water heater, whatever, you know, hey, that's what we got credit cards for. A lot of people use them and I use them for cash back and stuff like that, but you know, that's more for protections and, you know, people skim your bank. Because this thing, like, I look at it like I'd rather you get somehow a hold of a credit card than, like, a debit card. Because if you get a hold of the debit card and you spend it or whatever, you skim it or somehow you clone it, um, that's money coming out of an account. Like, now I got to fight with the right. bank to get the money back in the account. Versus a credit card, I don't have to pay the bill. I'll just dispute it. And this is a dispute. We can go all the way to court with this because I didn't do that. That's fraud. Like, I'm not paying that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Whereas, like, it's, it's not money out of my pocket or out of my account when it's a credit card versus a debit card. That's why I tell I tell most people, don't use your debit card. And then they be like, well, I got to use it a certain amount of times to, you know, so they don't charge me a fee. Okay, I get that. So go to Target, go to Kroger, go somewhere, and then get 10 items and check. go to self-checkout and check out each 10 items by itself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like scan the mascara, check out. You know, scan the socks, check out. Scan the, you know, DVD, check out. You know, get the receipt. Oh, yeah. Under, like 10, 11 receipts. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would do. So now, now I know for a fact I only use that card at Kroger, so if it gets skimmed, I know where it got skimmed at, so I ain't got to worry about, you know, oh, we got to figure out where, was it the gas station, was it the Kroger, was it the Best Buy, like, we ain't got to do that, I only use it at Kroger, I know it got skimmed there, y'all, y'all, you and Kroger figure this out, um, whereas, you know, credit cards, I'm not paying the bill, good luck with that, and on top of that, this is a C-Pizzle, <laughs> but hey, whatever, man, it's not fraud, it's y'all trying to defraud me, I'm not playing with that, this, this is a genuine dispute. Versus me trying to run off with some money. Right. I mean, that's how I look. But yeah, I mean, anybody who has the wherewithal, the mental capacity, the, the consistency, dedication, and responsibility, I say everybody should be using a CPN. You should set them up mm. for your children so they don't so they don't ever have to use their social in the first place. You know, uh, everybody should be doing this and be like, oh, you know, oh, I mean. I think everyone should teach them what it is. Like, yo, this is not a social, it's a CPN. If a government official or the feds or anybody asks you, you got to tell them it's a CPN. But otherwise, you're using it in place of your social and, you know, just pay your bills and it's completely legal. 
federal law protects individuals who do not <clears throat> wish to disclose their social security number. So it, you can never mm-hmm. like. So now you got a child who grew up their entire life and doesn't have that social security number minimum contact because they never used it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my opinion. Like I think I think everybody should have one, but hey man, I think if everybody had one, it'd be really weird, and they'd have some sort of legislative. Intent that would somehow merge it with so I mean they'd figure something out and we'd have to figure something else out and they'd figure something out it's a constant struggle back and forth between the free and the and the the, the government I guess <laughs> but it is really cool cool yeah well it's really an honor speaking with you Mr Sot L and um, once again thank you for the tremendous public service that you are providing. Oh, sir. Brother Jason, it's my pleasure. The honor is mine. I really appreciate you calling in. Um, I'm glad that, you know, the foundation is having an impact on you and your life. And, uh, you know, it's my pleasure. It's an honor. And uh, thank you. So, you know, hopefully I yes, sir. look forward to talking to you soon. Yes, sir. Next week. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in, man. Peace to the guys. No problem. Peace out. Man, y'all got me feeling good, man. Thanks, brother, man. All right, that was, and those were some good questions, too, though. Shout out to my man, Jason, with the bomb questions. Man, my man be studying, he be learning. You can tell. You can tell where people are at by the questions they ask, man. Some questions be impressive. I'd be more impressed with some questions than the answers, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, I'd be like, wow, man, that's, that's a good question. I never thought of I mean, I know the answer, but I never thought of that, you know? So, yeah, man, shout out. 925-1306. 925-1306. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace. How you doing, man? Oh, this is Brian. from the Biggity. What's up, man? Yeah, I know who this. What's up with you, bro? My brother Brian. Um, How you doing, man? Hey, man. How you doing, bro? I just uh, came uh, say uh, appreciate what you do, and you know, I, I guess uh, I tried to call in yes, last y'all said last week when you had the the credit um, guru known as uh, Tarana L. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah. all I was gonna say is appreciate what y'all do, you know, and. Uh, and uh, whatever y'all be doing, you know, people, y- y'all, y'all don't have to, you know, people really appreciate this all the time, you know, because y'all don't have to spend your energy out here in the public. You don't have to deal with none of this, but you decide to because you're out here trying to bring more people that willing to do the work and willing to put they, you know, they brain to the to the power to use that brain power to actually get get some stuff moving get some stuff going because you know we need more people who want to you know stand on their own feet so we can have so you can have more people you can work with so you always got to work with people that might not don't want to work with you you know and you could and Oh, my man dropped off. Damn. My man was, yo, he was about to drop off. I ain't, and he lost his signal. That's my guy, Brian, from the day, man. He always got some 
you know, some very heavy stuff to talk about. So I'm very um, displeased that he lost his signal. But um, I'm sure what he was about to say was profound. We're all we all lost on that one, all of us. Um, please believe. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do one more caller, and then uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna, you know, wrap up this shindig nine two nine forty fifty six. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, brother Sawdell. Peace, kings and queens community. This is Sister that My brother Sawdell. I just want to say I appreciate you, my brother. You and Yusufel. I want to thank you for enlightening our people in the different communities. Unfortunately, and I have to say unfortunately, you're going to be trying to wrap this up on the 30th. I'm praying that the ancestors make you go a little further for the slow ones that are trying to catch up. Kings and queens, communities, I need to holler at y'all. This is a service that has been written in the Constitution to keep us in the blind. They have had this knowledge for so many years, and some of us have finally came into that knowledge, and it's scaring so many entities, the so-called elites, the so-called privileged, the so-called rich and the hobnobs, all the informed families are scared to death now because our people are starting to be enlightened and wakened up. The thing about it now is when you look at what they're doing to us now with the taxes, the new laws, the new um, enhanced IDs, the tracking devices that they want to upgrade, you know, slowly but surely taking away our rights or when you go to look up certain information, it's revived. And when you go to look again, it's revived. Or you can't find it. Or if you need the original information from Washington, D.C., you get on that list that they have to look you up. And they want to know why you need all these extra birth certificates to authenticate yourself. Kings and queens, and I want you to hear me clearly. You cannot, no matter what you do, pay for the wisdom and the knowledge that this brother is giving you. In the short time that I've been in the trainee, trustee training, I've learned so much. And I'm doing a totally different thing now. I'm thinking outside of the public box. I'm thinking inside the private box. I need some more you to get in that box with us. See, the thing about it is you can't keep working for all these other entities that want to keep you enslaved. And you die and you have nothing, no generational wealth, nothing. You're just commercialized slaves, putting in 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Most of you will probably die before you even get a six months a year retirement 
you have nothing. The next thing is, if you don't lock up your estates, because that's what they call it, your life insurance policies, your houses, if you don't put everything in trust, every state comes in. If you don't have this so-called living will, to name who has to get from you or who has to take over your estates. They come in and they seize everything that you all work for. Your properties, your bank accounts, your precious metals, your cars, your everything. They take everything. These states, these entities come and take everything you all work for. Your generations don't get anything. Kings and queens, wake up. You're looking at the economy now. It's not looking so good. Get away from the Federal Reserve notes. If you think admin at Welcome to the Foundation can't help you, you are sadly mistaken because the writing's on the wall. Look at the trade wars. Look at all the countries that don't want the United States Federal Reserve notes. They want precious metals. They want the gold. They want the silver. They don't want our currency. No country wants our currency. See, this country has been built on so many lives and has destroyed so many families, so many cultures, so many countries for the greed, the American greed. It's coming back to roost. It's coming back to nip them. Kings and queens, pick yourselves up. Don't get caught behind the wall and you don't have anything to fall back on. Admin at Welcome to the Foundation. For all of you that don't know how to straighten up your credit, go to Lexis Nexus. L E X I X N E X I S. Put a freeze on your credit report. Go to Sage Stream LLC. Put a freeze on your credit report. You contact all these credit agencies and you challenge them to remove stuff off your report. If you have your police reports, Send it to them, to the LexisNexis and the stage stream. They, as long as you have valid proof, they will lock out your accounts. Nobody can go and pull up your public records or your credit histories. When you challenge these companies and these credit agencies, they have the fear credit reported that they have to stay within the guidelines. Most case scenarios, most states, once you hit six years, you have to take it off the credit report. If it's a third-party debt collector, they can't collect the dime from you. You didn't make the original debt with them. They have to take that off. And another thing, kings and queens, once you go 60 days into debt, after the 90th day, the companies write that off as bad debt. Their insurance companies pay your debt. It doesn't mean that you won't be responsible for it. Make sure whatever's aged out has to be removed off your report. When you get yourself straightened out, 
don't go back into that. If you are too far in debt, get your CPNs. Make sure you go through the foundation. Get yourself cleaned up, stay cleaned up. Another thing, don't defraud anybody. The karma comes back. The atmosphere will get you. The universe will set back up all that you put out negative. When you get these high credit cards, these high limits, pay your debts, kings and queens, and make sure you take care of the foundation and UCFL and all the brothers and sisters that's helping you. To all my trustees, we applaud the beginners. I thank you all, kings and queens, for being in trustee training. Continue to step. We all going to be doing our dance together. For all the trainees that are coming, we're going to do the dance with you too. We applaud all the beginners. My brother, awesome in all your ways. Continue doing the good thing. The ancestors got you. Be blessed, my brother. Peace, kings and queens. Peace, all the communities. Line yourselves up. Peace. Appreciate that. As always, Sister Yvette coming through with the powerful, energetic words. Thank you, as always. I appreciate you. And what a way to end the show, right? But real quick, I just kind of want to tell y'all something about myself, man, just so y'all know. Um, I didn't come into this information on no, I'm about to lose my house, I got a bunch of debt, I'm in prison, and I'm not saying anything about anyone else's past or situation. I just want to let you know who I am. Um, I was an international um, hip-hop artist based in France and was looking to come back to America with certain pounds and euros that I didn't earn in the United States, so I wasn't looking to pay specific taxes in the United States. Um, I was on the yacht the size of about a 10 um, apartment or 10 unit apartment building in the south of France. It's palm trees. It's crazy. I mean, it changed my life. Like, my life was changed before that, but this really changed my life, this experience, you know, being based and living in France, man. Believe it or not, like, you told me I was, like, 19, 20 years old, but like, yo, one day you're going to be living in France Like doing your dance I'm like man get away from me man Not, Nonetheless I'm on this big 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 yacht And uh, I was embarrassed I got lost on it a couple of times Had to hit the intercom I hear you know People on the, in the other side of the intercom Laughing at me and stuff You know the American Whatever But You know I'm on this yacht And I'm talking to this guy Who you know he's Jewish He's Jewish And I'm not anti-Semitic I don't care I'm not prejudiced I don't care what you are You'd be purple and smell like ghosts if you are a good person, you're honorable, and you have good intentions, let's holler. But please, if you smell like goats, take a shot on me real quick, because you know, you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking to this guy, and it comes out that I own all my intellectual property, you know, all my, all my masters, all my lyrics, all my publishing, everything. And he, he asked me twice. I don't know how it came up, but he asked me twice to just to make sure that I owned it. And I told him, and I, I broke down the structure of, you know, uh, I had an entertainment company, I had a studio back home, so when I went home to record, I didn't pay anything, and then it was running, so I had people, you know, um, engineers and an administrator, a manager who was running it as a business while I was overseas, which he was very impressed with that, I was like, whatever, I went to school for international business and sales and marketing, this is nothing, this is what I was taught to do, um, 
So I was on the public or corporate structure side, but looking to do business internationally. You follow what I'm saying? And I applied it to my talent, but I did it at an early age. And I, I thank everything and every ancestor and the creator for for me just being really stubborn and not listening to nobody because everybody told me to go to school and take the safe way and I was like give them the finger you don't know me I'm a god and people were like crazy or whatever but you know hey guess what I was on a yacht the size of a large apartment building and most of these cats is over here punching in nine to five you feel what I'm saying so I'm talking to this guy and I explain to him the structure and what structure my publishing company holds all the masters and the rights to my, my music and how that structure is with the, my, you know, the entertainment label and how the artist, the brand that, you know, I am acting through is signed to the label. The guy was very, very impressed. He was very impressed. He looked at me with this weird look and I'll never forget the way he looked at me. And he was like, I'm going to tell you something. Your people, and obviously we all know what he meant, he said, your people are the creators. And you can, y'all create, and no one can create like your people can. And most of us think we're creating, but we're really copying what you did or throwing a little spin on it. And I was there, that was cool, Rocky, well, that's what's up. And he said, the Europeans create businesses to sell and profit off of what you create. And he said, I'm going to tell you the truth, my friend. My people, we own all of what you create and allow the Europeans to make fees off of marketing what you create, but we actually own it and they do the work and you do the work and we just sit back and collect money. He said, my friend, do not borrow any money that you cannot pay back right away. Do not pay interest. Do not buy anything wholesale and you need to look into trust. He didn't qualify. He didn't say legislative trust. He didn't say contract trust. He didn't say none of that. And I'm thinking now, at this stage in my life, you know, he was like, if, if he's going to study, he'll figure it out. If not, I didn't tell him anything. And I think, you know, there are certain people on this earth that are supposed to tell us anything. And I thank this man for telling me what he told me, even though it was, you know, it set me on my journey. But really, it was what I made through my creative spirit. What I, what I acquired through my creative spirit that propelled me to find this information. I wasn't in a jam. I wasn't worried about court cases. I wasn't getting hit by child support. I wasn't in foreclosure. It was nothing like that. The necessity, the cause that was in my mind was that I made this of my own creative will, not even in the United States. So I will figure out a way to not allow them to touch any of this. Ultimately, what I did was put it in trust when I figured it out, and the trust made expenses according to the contract indenture, which mitigated taxation. I figured out how powerful this was. I've been all over the world, and everywhere I've gone, from France, Paris, France, to Sinaloa, to Mazatlan, Sinaloa, Mexico, to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, to Fargo, North Dakota, (laughs) 
to Brooklyn, New York, to Hamburg, Germany, to Bristol, England. Everywhere I've gone, Japan, everywhere I've gone, the people who look most like me are in the lowest economic service position predominantly. My mission is to off, to push off that imbalance or to rebalance or to do what I can to rebalance that imbalance that I perceive with my mind's eye through my travels of this planet. That's why I'm here. That's why the foundation exists. That's why the foundation is the only thing popping on high frequency radio network. That's why a lot of people are confusing so L with Yusuf L. Because why would there be anyone else besides Yusuf L on high frequency? There's a reason for this. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason why when I do this and y'all listen, it feels different. There's a reason for that. I don't speak on it. I don't say it. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm better than anybody. But I feel like there are those who got this information from walking, and there are those who popped into this information quickly because of necessity. And they had to, and their mind was so strong that it, it reached into the future and pulled it into their present. And, I, man, I do that every single day to the best of my ability. And if your mind is strong enough, if your will is dedicated enough, you can move mountains. Doctors say that my asthma was predicated upon the fact that my early years of my childhood were spent in housing that was filled with mold and roaches. In junior high, I was embarrassed to bring friends to my house for fear that they may see roaches, a mouse, or think that I'm super poor and see my little baby room, which is actually a closet. And maybe look in my fridge and see no food. And the life that I've lived and the, as far as I've come, I am nobody special. I sit down to poo-poo just like you do. If I cut, I bleed. And there are days when I feel like my life doesn't matter sometimes. But I did it. I can do it. Obviously. You can do it too. I believe in you. You got this. And if nobody believes in you, soap does. So keep moving. Keep moving forward. Every day is a new day. And it's another opportunity for you to be great. And for you to do your absolute best. And if you don't do your best, make sure you do your best the next day. Don't let no one tell you that you can't do it. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not worth it. And anyone who talks to you like that does not deserve to be in your presence or have you even focus attention on their worthless being. 
And watch out for the haters and the people who want to pull you back in the bucket because they don't see themselves as being worthy. So how the fuck could you be worthy when you're standing right next to them? And that's their fault, not yours. It's their responsibility, not yours. Move around, shake and move, do your dance. Don't worry about the boo-hoo, chugga-chugga-choo-choo, and you got this. And you're the reason why I do this. You. So with that being said, you know, enjoy yourself. Smile. Know that you got this. You've had it every single time up until now. Why would this time be different? It's cool. You got this. And holler at me if you need any assistance. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I'm your brother. But a workman is worthy of their hire. Do your dance. Sacrifices are necessary for certain types of achievements. If you want a six-pack, you got to do mad crunches and eat properly. You can't just sit there and think about it. I'm working on doing a symposium in advance. Um, I'm thinking either Atlanta... Atlanta, Georgia, or like, I don't know, like, somewhere on the East Coast, man. I don't want, I don't necessarily want to do Florida. Um, New Jersey is cool. New York, come on, man. I don't like going to New York without my handlers, and I ain't in entertainment no more, so I don't really like New York. <laughs> Uh, but I'll do the dance. I'll do New York. Y'all hit me up. You know, let me know what's good. But before 2019 is out, I'm going to do a public event. I don't know who else is going to be there besides I'm going to see if my uh, life insurance guy can be there so he can do the whole private banking presentation better than I can ever do it and show us another way on how we can get out of this you know, system and out of this economic position that we're engineered to be in. It's not because we lack anything. It's like it's on purpose. <laughs> But we can we can work it out. So I'm still figuring out where I'm gonna do this symposium, you know, this event for the foundation. But um I'm working on it. Y'all email me admin at welcome to foundation.com if you want any specific city. I'm really looking at Atlanta. I love I love Atlanta. Um and if I do Atlanta, you know, we could probably have Yusuf there. Um but if I can do the East Coast too. I'm down for do the East Coast and then um you know, sometime next year, probably like early spring, I want to hit Oakland, California. You know? Yeah. So with that being said, man, um, last but not least, man, gold, man. Gold and silver is moving. It's going to be, uh, the prices are going to be prohibitive. And as this goes on and as the prices go up and up and up, uh, things like carrot bombs are going to become more significant. Um, buying small amounts of gold at a time um, you know, and able to hedge your money, your fiat currency against what's coming, these yield curve inversions. We all know what's coming. You can feel it. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. They're just prolonging it because I feel like most of us are so hip to it. They want to be like, ah, nah, it's not happening. They're good. But ultimately, you know, little by little, at least once a month, we exchange our, you know, fiat currency for gold, you know, and teach other people to do the same. 
Yeah, it sounds like an MLM. I don't really care because the product is gold. It's not Tupperware. It's not some facial cream that's supposed to rejuvenate and energize and make you look younger and feel younger and give you peanut butter farts. Like, ain't none of that. It's actual gold. The product is actual gold, and the price is great. And grabbing gold now is good because it's just going to go up. It's It's a good investment. Please believe me. So with that being said, if you're interested in the care bar, like I got people, you know, I'm getting a lot of interest in this. So maybe it's because I'm talking about it. I don't know. But if you're interested in care bars, email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. I'll send you a link to sign up because you need a referral link. And then I got this video that explain it all. Watch it like three times. And then you got questions hitting you up on how to, you know, get logged in, make your first purchase, uh, what to expect, how to look at it, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? But this is stuff we're going to hold at least two, three years. You know what I mean? So we save in gold and silver. We don't invest. We save. So money that we were going to save, just put it in gold and silver. It makes it harder to, you know, to liquidate anyways. It's hard. Once you get gold and silver, when you touch it and it's in your hand, you ain't trying to sell that, man. You're going to figure it out. Like, we got a bill to pay. I got this gold. You know what? I'm going to figure this out. I ain't going to sell my gold. Please believe me. You will get very creative when you, when when, you, when your mind starts saying, well, we might have to sell our gold, you'd be like, hell, man, I'm going to figure this out. You, you get creative. And I think, you know, gold and silver, when you, the, more you, the more you get, the more, the more that comes to you, the more money that comes to you. <laughs> and I think part of the reason why is because, you know, intrinsically in our minds and our DNA, we ain't trying to let this go. So we get more creative and we step in more to our creative power, which I think is great. I think it's great. It's a great side effect. So email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com if you want to, you know, exchange your fiat currency to, you know, into real money. Well, it sounds like a pitch. <laughs> it might be, but whatever. That's what they told me. I believed it and it's real. I got Carol Bar some years ago. That's worth like almost double than what I paid for. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man, you can't tell me nothing. And gold and silver is just going to keep going up. So if you ain't hollering at me now, I'm sure you will. When you know an ounce of gold is three, four, five thousand dollars, and you're like, "Hey man, hey so, can you, can you let me know how to get that gold in grams?" Like, I'll holler at you. Um, admin, that welcome to the foundation. Um, you can book a consultation, uh, or you can do it from the website. Um, if you're interested in, you know, hollering at this trusting training before, you know, poofs. Admin, that welcome to the foundation. Holler at me. In the meantime, man, y'all should have a great week. Um, you know, do what I do. If you're if you're feeling bad, you know, you get, you get your. You know, everybody gets their their opportunity, their time to, you know, not be in a good mood. That's fine. That's fine. You know, but just just don't let it be prolonged. You know, let it be uh, at least productive, and then get over it. And you know, I'm getting over mine. I'm in a way better mood than I was last week, the week before. And, you know, I'm just going to keep it moving and keep doing my dance. Y'all do the same. I love y'all. I really appreciate y'all. I do this for y'all. I trust that y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. I want y'all to say 10 things out loud that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight. And just be grateful. Be thankful. Let's focus on what we have, not what we don't have, so we can attract that abundance. You know what I'm saying? If y'all have a great week, um, I look forward to talking to you. And like the sister said, we absolutely applaud the beginning. Applaud the beginning. So there's no need to be, you know, nervous or worried or, or feeling any type of way. 
if you don't know, if you have questions, look, no judgment over here. Let's get this knowledge. Let's, let's get the bag. Let's do the dance. Let's keep it moving. So with that being said, y'all take care of yourself. I love y'all. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. I'll talk to you soon. And I appreciate you checking um, out the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Peace to the God. We're doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.